I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-Minute Parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-Minute Parenting Podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. A parent wrote to me seeking advice on how to parent her 14-year-old as she described her strong-willed daughter who insisted that her parents were too controlling, asserting they were the issue and not her. In fact, this 14-year-old, when her mother had said, I'm going to talk to somebody about what's going on here, said, I'm glad you are. And I hope they tell you that you're the problem because you are. And this is what, you know, provoked. This had happened, I think, the night before this parent reached out to me. And in the message, you know, this parent did, you know, concede that they were frequently locked into a standoff with her, with their teenager. You know, they, they didn't want to seem weak and to give in to her demands. But in in taking that stance, they probably did seem rigid and controlling to her. So this parent could see, yeah, I get why she would think that. But we're afraid that if we don't take this stance, then she'll think the way she's behaving um, and the demands she's making are okay, and we don't want that either. So it was in this kind of this locked position where it wasn't working, but they couldn't see a way of changing it. I, I think that's such a familiar scenario to many parents and teenagers, and it reminds me that some of what can be the most challenging in parenting teenagers is actually really normal, albeit unpleasant. You see, Adolescence is a time when you may find that it's actually your parenting strategies that need to grow up in line with your teenager growing up and that your your parenting, your responses, the way that things did work no longer work. And now you need to adjust to their adolescent adjustments. And let me say a little bit more about that in this episode, because I think, you know, in my work with parents and talking about this, often what I hear you know, parents saying, oh, this is a problem and this happens and that happens, I can actually say, okay, yeah, that fits into adjustment one, adjustment two, adjustment three. Actually, there are five adjustments and I want to run through those with you. And as I do, and you're listening to this, particularly if you are parenting teenagers or maybe you have a family member who who's parenting teenagers and telling you about conflict or about how they don't know anything that's going on in their teenager's life anymore, you'll see that they fit into one of these five So the first adjustment in adolescence is ignorance, okay? This is where your teenager becomes more private, more secretive. As a parent, you know less, therefore you worry more. You know, I don't know what's going on. And then you start to fill in those blanks, which we are all prone to do. When we don't know what the story is, our mind will paint a picture for us. But it's actually very normal for a teenager to want more independence, to seek it and to even demand it because it's all part of that. So they try to keep little bits of their life private and concealed from you. And sometimes it's not little bits, sometimes it's huge things. And again, this is about a balance because you do have to afford them the privacy. And just because you know less and you're worried more, try to resist breaching those boundaries, try to resist that urge to read or pick up and read messages on the phone. Or if your teenager happens to journal, most of them keep stuff on their phone these days. But if they are journaling, that you resist the urge to read it because being interested in your teenager's life is not the same as being intrusive. And at times that can feel like a finer line than it needs to be. The second adjustment in adolescence is estrangement. Okay, 
your teenager in this stage is they're differenti- differentiating, you know, from how they were as a child, but also how they see you. So they're experimenting with new tastes, new styles, new interests, new friendships. And because of this, the parental connection can become more difficult during this adjustment. Basically, in estrangement, your teenager is trying to you know, go through that process of individuating and separating themselves from you. So they must establish that whatever they are, they're nothing like you. So they'll go out of their way to establish that, you know, it could be piercings, hair dye, clothing, friends, music, any of that stuff would fit into here. And it's all about experimenting and exploring and wondering who I am, but in doing so needing to establish that whoever that is, it's the opposite of you. Again, not, I did say, you know, these aren't pleasant, but they are developmentally normal. The third one is abandonment. OK, this is about separation from parents and more independent social interaction. OK, so they've less time for you as their parents, which means that you might miss them, but you will also certainly have to compete for their time and attention. And this one can also lead to rows because, you know, maybe it's granny's 80th birthday this weekend and you casually mention on a Friday, don't forget it's granny's birthday this weekend. We're having that big family dinner and your teenager nonchalantly shrugs and replies, I didn't know that. You didn't tell me that was coming up. I have plans. I can't make it. I've already got plans. And that can be enraging for you. You'll be like, you're going. That's it. What do you mean? I didn't tell you. Of course you're going. And your teenager is like, no, don't think that my plans are less important than yours. And you should have consulted with me on this. This is a stage where it's almost going to feel like if you want them to be at a family dinner to do something, you need to give them like three weeks notice. And I know that can feel counterintuitive because your parental instinct is no, there are certain things that just must happen. But from your teenager's point of view, they're in that process of separating from you, prioritizing their peer relationships, and they'll feel that you're disrespecting the plans that they have and just expecting that they can drop everything. So one thing that you could do to counterbalance all of that is to maybe have a calendar, a family calendar with important events written up into it. And then you've always got, look, it's up on the calendar. You knew it was coming. It was always there. You are going. The fourth adjustment in adolescence is control. Okay, this is a really interesting one because from the teenage point of view, they see themselves as leaving the age of command, you know, do as you're told, parents must be obeyed. And they are entering that age of consent, you know, where their belief is that compliance is now up to them. You know, boundaries are to be negotiated. Yeah, I hear what you want me to do. Let's talk about it. So from their point of view, this is normal. This is healthy. I don't have to do what you tell me anymore. This is something we have to discuss and reach agreement. This is the art of compromise. And usually now that they'll have odds stacked on that, their version of compromise. But they they have different ways of managing this. They could use active resistance, you know, which is an argument you know, shouting at you, screaming at you, slamming doors, storming out, something like that, or passive resistance, which is, I like to call it the art of delay. Um, So this might be where you say, hey, will you take the bins out? And, you know, they're on their phone, they're sitting in the sitting room, and they say, yeah, yeah, I'll do it in a minute. You know, 15 minutes go by and you say, hey, about those bins, will you please take them out now? Yeah, yeah, I said I'd do it. I'll do it now in a minute. Another 15 minutes go by and it's been half an hour since you first asked. And you look at them, you sigh, you get the hump and you just bring the bins out yourself and you're giving out. And they turn to you and say, I don't know what your problem is. I said I would do it. 
You chose to get up and do it for me. That's on you, not me. That's a way of doing passive resistance. It's still, it's, it, you know, it's not unlike an argument, but it's done in this passive way. But I said I'd do it. What's your issue? They've got, you need to calm down, mom or dad or whatever it is. So that is very typical of this stage, but can be so infuriating as a parent. And it, that's in large part why at this, it, during this adjustment as parents, you will become more frustrated at the powerlessness. But at the same time, you have to continue to assert your influence. You still have influence. You still have to have boundaries that are flexible, adaptable, but are gentle yet firm. They are immovable at the same time. There are expectations and you hold it to them, even if it means biting your tongue and waiting for those bins to go out. The fifth adjustment is conflict. I'm aware these are quite negative words. You know, we've got ignorance, estrangement, abandonment, control, and now conflict. Uh, but even though they are negative words and they can feel quite negative to parent through, they are just to assert again, you know, very healthy and developmentally normal. In this adjustment of conflict, teenagers are becoming more abrasive. Um, it's, it's a process of opposition. It's aimed at liberating themselves from your rules, your requirements. It's again like pushing those boundaries testing all of those limits that you've held in place so that they can claim independence you know it again that's normal but actually in living with this and parenting this this particular adjustment is the one that will lead to increased rouse parents who see you know their child has become pushy and generally just less pleasing to live with irrational can't be spoken to there's no dealing with them all of that stuff can kick in um so this is where you know they they're just going to they're going to take a stance. And even if they do concede that you might have a good point, they certainly won't admit it, not in the moment. And it can lead to a lot of tension, a lot of rows, and just that phase of, I don't know you anymore. Who are you? Who are you to speak like that? And it can be very distressing. And I think, you know, while we talk about these being five adjustments of adolescence, these are also parental adjustments. And I hope I've made that clear, because as a parent, you're going to have a much more difficult time during these adjustments if you refuse to let go of what was your parent child relationship so that your parent adolescent relationship can emerge. You know, parents will often express to me difficulty adjusting through, um, you know, these these phases. And I hear statements, you know, like about ignorance. I might hear something like, I must know everything that's going on. Well, actually, that's going to be a huge problem when your teenager is pushing for privacy about estrangement. I might hear, you know, oh, gosh, no, I can't tolerate this. You know, we're going to stay as close as we ever were in childhood. I want to be my child's friend. You're not your child's friend. You're their parent in charge. And if you actually can't let them, you know, experiment with styles that are other than you and establish themselves as other than you, it's going to make it harder for them to find their way back to you ultimately. In abandonment, I often hear things like, I want to be my child's best friend. I want to spend time with him. We always went to the cinema, you know, on a Friday evening. I want to continue that. We, I always did the shopping. We always went together and picked out new clothes for each season or whatever it might be. And this kind of we always did it, so therefore we always will, is going to be deeply problematic when your child developmentally has to prioritize their peer group over you because it's just going to lead to either guilt and anxiety for your teenager or increased rouse about it. Within the control adjustment, I might hear, you know, a parent who takes that more authoritarian stance and says, you know, I will not be challenged or resisted. It is my rules, my way. And to that parent, I'm just going to say, you have got to take a step back from this and exhale or you're going to spend the next five years fighting, just fighting 
all day, every day. And nobody wants that. That's not in anybody's interest. So you're definitely going to have to embrace the pick your battles and embrace the art of compromise. You know, know when to walk away from something in that stage. And about the conflict, when I, I might hear parents say something like, you know, I just I can't stand for us not to get along. I'm just so upset that we're fighting all the time. I hate this conflict. It's making me so anxious. And, you know, again, I think you're going to have to come up with boundaries of there are certain things that have to happen. And you explain that to your teenager. These are things that you must do. And these are other things that I really would like you to do. And I can incentivize those really like you to do things. But the must do things you don't get paid for. I don't expect to have to tell you three times a week. So if I see a pattern that you're not doing the must do things, then there is going to be a consequence. It might be that I remove Wi-Fi access. It might be that I, you know, won't be able to drive you somewhere or that we limit movements or that you're not able to go out to some party that's on. But there will be a consequence because those are your must do things. And you explain that in a really calm, rational way. And you have that then as a benchmark to go back to. And I think that'll really help because conflict during this time is actually inevitable. It's important. And the challenge for parents is to engage in conflict in a calm way because none of these adjustments are problems to correct. They're actually realities to accept because come children's adolescence, many parents are finding that it's actually they who have some growing up to do so that their child can grow up in line with typical adolescent development. And these adjustments are always more difficult when they're linked back to unresolved issues of a similar kind that as parents we might be carrying into adulthood from our own childhood childhood sorry so be aware of your own triggers and issues and sometimes that's about reflecting back what was it like for you as a teenager how do you remember being parented as a teenager did that work for you or how do you wish you had been responded to in your adolescent years and what difference would that have made? This is maybe a time to dip back into your parental self-audit that I've mentioned earlier on in other episodes, just to kind of reflect back on if I can access what it was like to be a teenager, that gives me an empathic connection with my now teenager. So be aware of those triggers and issues and allow that information to inform rather than impede your own communication with your teenager. Try to see yourself, you know, I've said this when we were talking about the younger years, but I'm going to say it again. Try to see yourself as a thermostat as opposed to a thermometer. You are not measuring the heat in the relationship because then you risk matching it. But your role is to go, whoa, it's hot in here and dial it down a couple of degrees or Ooh, it's a bit chilly, dial it up a couple of degrees. I think I just want to give you a little activity, um, you know, at the end of this episode that I think would help with some of this, because I realize it's a lot of information to take in in one in one short episode. But hold in mind that difficult behavior is never your or your child's first choice. I think that's really important. You have to accept that nobody wakes up going do you know what? I'm going to be super difficult today. I'm going to be super challenging and I'm going to cause loads of conflict. Let's get at it. That's not where it comes from. It's it's a reaction when, you know, intentions go awry or things aren't working out. It's never your or your child's first choice. So when it does happen that that conflict and you snap and they snap and things have gone off off what you would like to have happened, pause and reflect on what your first choice in any given situation would have been. How do you wish that had gone? Now ask yourself, how do you get back there instead of where you are? Maybe it's about going to your teenager and saying, I'm sorry I reacted this way and said what I said. What I really wish I'd done and said is, and then you say and do the thing you really wish you had done. 
maybe you're saying to them, look, that didn't go as I wanted it to go. That wasn't that wasn't either of us at our best. Will you let me try it again? Because this time I want to do what I wish I'd done and do a do over. Because again, you're modeling for them that it's okay that things can go wrong because you have that opportunity when things are calmer to engage in repair and to do a do over. And then you start over with your teenager by having them tell you the thing that sparked the row, but this time you react in a calm way in the way you wished you had. Remember through all of these adjustments that your teenager's behavior is their attempt to communicate about the emotional and physical states that are underpinning their behavior. I'm doing this because of something I'm thinking and feeling. Okay, our parental task is to hear and respond to the message that the behavior is seeking to communicate. That's not always easy. And that's why I really do like that whole. Here's what I wish I had done. Can I have a do over, please? When we don't see that our child has a problem, but rather we're seeing that they are the problem, then we're not attuning to what is being said. And that's going to leave us vulnerable to reacting rather than being able to reflect and respond in a reflective way. And when you feel that happen, try to catch it in the moment and just say, look, I need some time because I I think I might do or say the wrong thing and I don't want to. I need some time. You're teaching them self-control when you can model self-control through these challenging times. Give it a go and see how you get on. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15-minute parenting.